0: What the world Can we needs do it now? now?
1: I'm ready.
2: Is love, sweet, sweet love, love. is the only thing that we, we have. Kiss it, kiss it better. So little love. Yeah, we've started recording. Oh, shit. Welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast with
1: your, <laughs> no. with your host. Angel. You're not angel. Don't call me
2: me Angle. (laughs)
1: Don't call... So sometimes when we're singing, don't call me angel, we're like, don't call me right
2: Angle. Yeah. I'm like, what? Don't call me obtuse Angle. (laughs) We think we're so funny. (laughs) Yeah, we're like not funny at all. Welcome. I am your host, Amir, the non-blond one anymore. And I am Amir, the one who owns a steel manufacturing corporation. Okay, apparently so. Mm. And this week, oh, this week, what are we are going to talk about? Hey, we're going to, well, I don't know, we're going to talk about everything under the sun, but it's going to be very RuPaul's Drag Race orientated. Start your engines. We've got the Vixen on this week's episode. The
1: Vixen from season 10, Biatch.
2: Yeah, and she's ready to talk girl do you know what she just came here to talk <laughs> girl girl <laughs> go have your cigarette bitch <laughs> what um, my iconic line
1: yeah so rupaul how did this come about who rupaul no this whole vixen thing
2: i don't know you have you? no idea no i have no do you know idea what what's going can on?
1: i say i've had the most loveliest nicest exchanges with the vixen really love oh yeah
2: She's so lovely, sweetheart, isn't she? and very and beautiful. I was just gonna say,
1: mm. like, if the divorce comes through one day, yeah. The vixen, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that skin is phenomenal. Nervous laughs from my when side we were, when we were on Skype. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes.
2: Yeah, and then the um, backdrop of Chicago, downtown Chicago, was gorgeous. I was like, ugh. Ah! Appalance, <laughs> no. you earn nothing. Hey, okay, so <laughs> Appalance, I own debt. Appalance, you're a fucking mess. Okay, <laughs> so um, l- 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 talking about RuPaul's Drag Race, who's your favourite Ru girl? Who's my favourite Ru
1: girl? Mm. That doesn't include anyone that's Ru carded with, okay? Yeah, so we can't obviously. include them. Well, obviously, uh, my favourite Ru girl is um, I've got three okay okay Adolano yeah because in my heart of hearts I'm that punk rock bitch messy still and yeah, yeah Adolano, always Adolano if I had a drag queen aesthetic it'd be Adolano's, Um mixed it's with true. Naomi Smalls because mm-hmm. I fucking love Naomi love you she was slept on in all stars it's let's be honest
2: Naomi
1: and Club Slay Kool-Aid Club I guys. love Slay kool Shea Coulé. Coulé because she's so fierce and talented I love loads more but top of my head than three you go what your top three in top of your head now
2: well I love Shea Coulé as well by okay. the way she's not in my top three but I love Shea Coulee that Burberry fucking jacket moment it oh was, my god was one of the best looks ever I, I was like die. please be my mom. okay my top three Drag Race Queens oh are we including Drag Race UK no okay us for now wow keeping it pure are we go on (laughs) um so my favorite RuPaul's drug race queens are Alyssa Edwards obviously and I have tongue popped with Alyssa Edwards I love how you say obviously like everyone knows that like your
1: friends might know that but not everyone in the world knows that no I was looking at you and saying obviously okay cool
2: work so yeah Alyssa and then I don't know. RuPaul. You <laughs> Yeah, I can have RuPaul. Ru- RuPaul. RuPaul's a Ru-girl. RuPaul is the Ru-girl.
1: Okay, I think for you, Bielissa, Um, I'm feeling Shanji. Yeah, I love Shangela. You know, and, I love the work ethic. Yeah, I know, it's Angela. And who else would I say Alaska, for you? Probably. Alaska, probably. No, I, I disagree. No? I don't think she's doing it. I, I'm honest, I'm, I'm thinking Jinx.
2: Oh, I do like Jinx. Like, I
1: think you underestimate how much you love Jinx.
2: Jinx is like batshit insane. Like, Or uh, Manila. No,
1: okay. She was. Yeah, you still love her though.
2: Yeah, of course I do. Manila, yeah. So I've just decided for you. Yeah, so that's my top three. Well, A- Alyssa Edwards is at the top. I-, I love, I love irreverence. I love kookiness. Tummy. I love like oh god, I love Tammy. Absolutely love Tammy. And I tell you who else I love as of recent discovery juno fucking birch
1: legend manchester queen legend. manchester
2: drag queen juno birch if you're listening we absolutely fucking love you and thank you so much for being so lovely to us on social media and um loved seeing the cabaret show in fact i think a few shout outs are in order aren't they oh
1: definitely so the weekend we went to curiosity cabaret manchester mm. it's every saturday go and google it go and research it it's phenomenal it was such a safe queer space because we're getting a bit tired of the gay clubs. And this was a queer space with a cabaret, queer performers. And it's led by Donna Trump, who yeah. is heart of gold. It's like the queen for the people.
2: What a name. <laughs> Legendary. What a, what a name. Like, how has she not been served with some sort of legal notice from America? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Donna fucking Trump. And there's so Trump, many great it.
1: queens. And we're gonna. I want to save some of that because we're going to have some special things happening next year
2: yeah yeah but um yeah great night that was absolutely amazing and um should we get back
1: to the vixern yeah and listen to what she has to say because i'm telling you it's very interesting
2: yeah guys so we recorded this earlier hope you guys enjoy the interview give us your Comments, feeds, likes, subscriptions, I don't know what it is. Nudes. Nudes. And yeah, it was really, really great recording with the Vixen. Vixen, we love you. Please adopt us as usual. So, without further ado, here's the Vixen. So, Amir, you look like as if you're barely able to contain your excitement. So, would you like to introduce who is our guest? So
1: this week we have a a very, very, very special guest Mm. all the way from Chicago. Oh. Oh yeah, Chicago, bitch. (laughs) We need to go there. Yeah, we do. We do. We have the Vixen. The
2: Vixen. Welcome to the You Don't Live Me podcast.
0: Hi. How y'all doing? We're doing really well. Good, we're good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Yeah.
2: Well thank you so much for being with us. This is this is amazing. Before we were recording we were just saying we um to uh, Amir was saying to me he was like isn't it crazy like a few seasons ago we were watching the Vixen on our TV and now here we are talking So yeah, this is surreal This is really, really cool oh, So cool. thank you Yeah, thank you <laughs> Okay, so um, we thought we would ask you a little bit of questions um, Find out more about yourself And and you know, uh, of course the Vixen is a uh, international star I would say, uh, you know a, a, An internationally famous drag queen um, That was on RuPaul's Drag Race So we thought we would get to know the Vixen better So Amir um, yeah, to that effect. Let's go.
1: <laughs> What's your first question? I think we should really like dig deep and start with um, the background. Okay, of, calm,
2: like... calm down, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm having my moment. Okay. Like, cool. I just want to know like, um, what made you initially um, become a drag queen? Where did your like
0: inspirations and influences come from? Uh, I was very reluctant to do drag. Um, I didn't know much about drag queens. Uh, before I turned 21, because you didn't see too many in the bars, but the ones that I did see, like, didn't have eyebrows because of, you know, makeup techniques. So I thought that, like, uh, in order to be a drag queen, you had to shave your eyebrows off. And so that was a deal breaker for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's understandable I mean, the eyebrows
2: are um, It's just something about the eyebrows, isn't there? You don't, like, when they go Then you just, I don't know, it's a bit uncomfortable, isn't it?
0: It's very uncomfortable So I put it off for a while But it was after seeing uh, Beyoncé's first Super Bowl performance I was like, okay, whatever I need to do to be that on stage That's what I want to be on stage Uh, So I finally bit the bullet and learned to lip sync Oh,
2: wow. So, so Beyonce was your, uh, was your inspiration. Is is that right?
0: Yeah, I just, um, I had seen different drag queens, of course, before in media, but um, seeing like Beyonce, mm. like Super Bowl halftime show really, like, it's the thing that made me say, okay, I want to be a female entertainer in a sense. And it kind of, um, it solidified for me that like, the type of performer that I wanted to be was going to wear a wig.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. I, I fucking love Beyoncé. She's yeah. one of the greatest performers
1: of all time. Right. What was it about Beyoncé that made you think, I want to be that? What is it?
0: Um, Just, like, beyond all the frills, just the fact that she's able to um create such energy on stage with mm. just, like, raw talent. And, like, you know, like, she... Of course, has all the production at her fingertips, but um, especially in that performance, I think she let her God-given talent speak and let her hard work speak for itself. And it wasn't about frills, but it was uh, a true grit kind of performance. Mm. I think that's very inspiring because that um, is something that anybody can aspire to. Um, and it doesn't matter how much money or how much production you have, if you have, um, if you work at your craft and like being entertaining and present on stage, I feel like you can be Beyonce for five minutes or 12 minutes if you can. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, but you see Beyonce makes me a little bit sad because when I see her dance, I just get sad because I just know that I'm never going to be able to dance like that in my
0: life. And that's just really
2: sad for me. I'm like, Oh great. I'm just rubbish. (laughs) You You can dance Bollywood though.
0: Yeah, I think, but I think Beyonce is a good uh, Northern star to aspire to. And anywhere you fall in the direction of Beyonce, it's an improvement, right?
2: Yeah, that's very, very true. That's very, very true. I, I, I agree with, I agree with that for sure. So Vixen, are you a beehive then? Is that,
0: would you consider yourself a beehive? Day one beehive.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love it! I absolutely love it. So, um, that's that's your drag race, um, you know your your uh, journey onto becoming a a drag queen. But what was what was life like before drag came into your life? Well, you know, did you have a a day job? Was it very different uh, before, or have you always been inclined towards the arts?
0: Yeah, I definitely. I pretty much only worked to serve like whatever. <laughs> Queer purpose I was on at the moment, so I worked at in women's shoes at Macy's, which was mm. also a gateway drug to drag. <laughs> <laughs> All those shoes, <laughs> All those shoes. <laughs> and knowing exactly where to get them in my size was great. Um, nice. Uh, I worked at an Olive Garden.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: as a server. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, my longest job that I ran before doing drag full-time would have been uh, a starbucks barista oh wow great though those are really cool jobs
2: actually i i've um... I love. I I always admire how baristas are able to make all the orders and remember them. I used to be a bartender, and I yeah I got fired because I was rubbish. (laughs) So
1: especially your orders when you keep changing your mind.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 a nightmare. I'm like I will have a hot mocha extra wet. You know, bloody bloody blah. blah, So yeah, (laughs) I'm a mess.
0: (laughs) Definitely good practice to um. It's like learning lyrics is like learning recipes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good way. Of, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, Amir, what's the next? Question? So, um,
1: I'm assuming you know all these jobs. You were living in Chicago, um, doing these jobs. What was it like growing up in um, Chicago? And what was the drag culture like in Chicago?
0: Um, Chicago is really cool. It can be. Uh, very gritty at times, but it can also be very glamorous, you know. Um, Right now I'm downtown Chicago looking over the skyline. It's completely beautiful and God knows what's happening ten miles from here, five miles from here, or just, you know, around the corner. (laughs) So it kind of teaches you to appreciate things and to have perspective you know like yes there is good but if you uh dare to climb high enough up on a hill you can find a beautiful view so. wow well you know where
2: um and for all of our listeners before we started um the interview we we um videoed each other and i saw the the skyline that's behind you and the skyline <laughs> is very beautiful but as are you uh oh, thank you. Is amazing.
1: oh my god i was like <laughs> fuck in hell you were yeah. glowing your Skin. what is the secret uh, behind that skin tell us
0: yeah oh you You know what i think in doing makeup all the time you just learn to wash your face really good
2: yeah. uh,
0: i try to i try to drink st- strictly water as often as possible and then i try to avoid any types of soda or anything unless it's like if i'm going out drinking or something that i might have like a gin and soda or a gin and sprite or something or vodka and sprite I don't wow. really drink chan. But um <laughs> so I try to like limit my like sugar intake as far as like drinks and stuff because that can really be a trigger for like acne and things like that. Uh I was lucky. Um I went through most of puberty in middle school. So <laughs> oh, I, was, wow. I was a very cute high schooler. <laughs> Aww, and
2: sweet. you are still cute, Vixen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your husband's right in front of you right now. Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs>
1: Um, that's just That's that's brilliant We love a good skin Regime and routine
2: Yeah
1: And um, So You You know Saw Beyonce You started drag You wanted to be like Beyonce So how did the Opportunity to come on um, RuPaul's Drag Race Come about
0: uh, Well I think I was And I think Once you get to like Season 10 of Drag Race You're going to be Hard pressed to find Young girls Who didn't start Drag with the intention To get on Drag Race mm. So Mm. So I um, so I remember in my first year of drag I auditioned for the show And uh, didn't hear anything back But the second year I think I took time And I was like, okay, I don't actually think I'm as ready As I should be for television So I set it out And then the next three years I kept auditioning And finally I got a phone call <laughs> And another uh-huh. phone call And another phone call um, so I was finally able to, you know, get their attention and then not only get their attention, but get their approval for a couple of episodes at least. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You were great on, um, uh, your, your season of, of, of Drag Race. Uh, we, we really thoroughly enjoyed, um, oh, seeing you. you.
1: Yeah. I thought
0: you, you were, uh, I thought you were important on it as well. I was what?
1: Im- important. the thank you. You, you. were in your voice.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. I definitely feel that I did important and worthwhile things with my time.
2: Okay, so what what were the highs uh, and do you have any uh, any regrets post post uh, you know edit of the show and it being out in in the greater stratosphere? What 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 has it been like?
0: Uh I mean, it's definitely had good days and bad days, you know, public opinion shifts very easily at the drop of a hat Um, but it's also been a great learning lesson to not put stock in like where you are on the list of trending topics because it does change every day Um, for me I can look at my inbox and there may be a hundred messages and yeah two of them may be like I can't stand you I hate you yada 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 but the other ninety eight are I love you. You changed my life. You made me think about things in a way I never did. You made me see my, how my own actions could be racist. like those kind of things that like really affected change throughout the world. Um I'm always gonna be proud of. so i can't I can't ever really say that I have any regret because, uh, despite all the burdens that came with like the way that I did drag race, Uh, I think a lot of good came out of it and I wouldn't want to undo the good.
1: Mm, That's, that's really interesting. I guess everything is in life is a learning curve as well. Like, you know, whatever your experience is, you you learn from it and you grow from it and you take things from it that you want to take from it, I guess.
0: Yes. And you're stronger for it. And so I, I feel stronger for my experiences and had I, had i given up those experiences i'd be a more naive person today but i learned a lot so i'm i'm proud of what i learned and uh how it made me stronger
1: i love that that's brilliant i always say like we're, we're lifelong learners and every experience we have we we should we, we we learn from it and um i just want to touch upon you were saying that you know in your inboxes you get you know different sort of messages but i want to like focus on the positive what have the what have the fans been like um after drag race
0: just really great um yesterday i got a message and let me see if i can pull it up it was it's something that i think everyone wishes that a stranger would send to them someone said to me if no one else has told you today you are wanted and dearly loved you're beautiful you're alive for a reason you're stronger than you think you're going to get through whatever you're going through don't give up because you're extremely important to many people love you and this is from a fan Oh, how sweet is that? That's lovely. Right. And, you know, it's the weekend. I'm going about my business, minding my own day. And to get a message like that is, like, such a great boost and, like, helps me, like, uh, feel completed in my missions. And, like, it's great encouragement. Uh, and that's very necessary. So it's um, I'm very grateful for people like that that will send me love out of the clear blue sky. That's oh, quite, wow. it's quite emotional. <laughs> Yeah, that's really <laughs> sweet.
2: I wish somebody was that kind and nice to me. Please, what about me? I am. You are loved. Do I yeah,
1: to okay. tell you again and again. I, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I You're all right.
0: <laughs> Usually, it's only my mom with her wicked sixth sense that knows when I need like a boost. But um, I thought it was very cool to get a boost from an outside source.
2: <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds wonderful. That sounds. Really, really nice. Okay, Amir, what's the next
1: question? Um, so, just just continuing um, on this topic. Um, so, after Drag Race, where where did it where did it take you? So, how did it elevate your your job and your drag?
0: Oh, um, so after Drag Race, I was able to, one, now being a part of this sisterhood of super famous drag queens, um, I was able to bring that platform to my show, Black Girl Magic, in Chicago which is made to like, kind of celebrate and uplift black queens in the community. And what I thought it would do was give local queens in Chicago or, or wherever I was a boost of confidence and um, to be able to share this platform with people who might not otherwise get seen. But what I think is um, even more interesting and in what happens at Black Girl Magic is that you take uh, some of the world's greatest known black drag queens, Rue Girls, um, and you put them in this environment where everyone in the dressing room is black, everything about the show is catered to their identity. And it's very cool to see uh, people who, you know, consider themselves to be famous, like very humbled by um, how much they needed the experience. It's really cool to see. Ah, uh, girls! First, Black Girl Magic. It really shakes uh, shakes them up because they don't realize how much they needed to feel that joy. Oh wow! So that that sounds incredible.
1: <laughs> you know, I've I've seen um, online, you know, Black Girl Magic and you know the flyers and things. Just just to sort of like um, delve into it a bit more, you know what what made you start Black Girl Magic and why is it so
0: important? So I started Black Girl Magic in Chicago. Um, just out of necessity, really, there was maybe four to five black queens working at the time in Chicago, three years ago now. Um, and we almost never were booked on the same show. It was kind of like there would only be one black queen per show. She was expected to, like, you know, turn it out, maybe do Beyonce. That image is my own
1: fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: maybe do Beyonce, maybe do whatever, but she was going to be the punch of the night, you know, death dropping, kicking, splitting. She was the flavor of the month or whatever. So we kind of started as sisters um, trying to erase that narrative that there could only be one of us and like erase that toxic competitiveness. Mm. Like, So once I was able to start creating my own shows and Shay was, doing her own shows, and Lucy Stuhl and Dita were hosting their own shows, Um, we started to include each other because you really can't wait for someone else to do it for you. You really have to just be that change that you want to see. So I was finally able to pitch to a club the idea of Black Girl Magic, and we got it done. So uh, three years ago, November 3rd, Shea Coulee, Dita Ritz, Lucy Stuhl, and The Vixen put on the first Black Girl Magic show at Berlin Nightclub.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs)
0: What a line, what a lineup is that? That is amazing. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't be more lucky to um, have such a, to want that everybody was available. Because I think um, when we did the show, Shay had just got back from filming Drag Race. So it was probably like one of her first gigs before people could be all up in her business. And it was a perfect storm of um just, up and coming and well-established queens like doing something with uh, the the acclaim that they had earned. Uh, yeah, and I was just really lucky. It was one of the first shows that I produced myself and really lucky to have gained the respect of the other queens in the show and that they like understood the vision and wanted to help me get it done. It's like really, really cool
2: wow that sounds incredible no yeah that sounds really really incredible
1: it it sounds it's it's really inspiring especially when you say you know if you want to make that change you know you got to be that change you can't wait for it to happen
0: yeah it's very easy to um sit behind a computer and say what something should be and shouldn't be but if you're not uh doing anything to enact change then you're just complaining (laughs) (laughs) you know what? i totally agree with you totally i
1: always say that like well okay you can complain but what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you know what what, what, what you're gonna do about it i think that that's that's incredible you know black girl magic sounds incredible and amazing and i guess it's really important as well in the political climate in america right now you know to to have something like black girl magic so i just wanted to know like um how has the political climate in
0: america um, affected you um it's definitely reshaped who i thought i was as in activist and who I thought I was is like this kind of warrior drag queen mm-hmm. uh when when before drag race or leading up to drag race I was very very involved in my community very vocal and boisterous about like what I believed and what I wanted to get done and in a lot of ways that helped me a lot in Chicago and I got I made a lot of changes and was able to um, shift the culture in a, a more thoughtful way towards of color. But that task is uh, quadrupled in size when uh, put on television and trying to Mm -hmm. spread that gospel to the whole world. It's a whole other beast. Um, So it it taught me to do things a lot more symbolically instead of like making myself a target by, you know, there's no point in me going after Trump on Twitter if that's just going to, send 100 like trump supporters my way and ruin my day it's like i can i can be a force for good without trying to take down every force of evil um and that was like uh, a bit that was a self-care moment for me to realize it's like okay you don't have to chase every fire you can just be water Oh wow! I love that. Oh Look, my god,
1: you are giving me lines here.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> a really, really beautiful way of, of, of putting it. Because you some you sometimes you can't fight anger with anger, and you can't fight hatred with, with sort of counter
0: hatred, hatred. Can you? That that's counterproductive, yeah, isn't so, it? You got yeah, so it's counterproductive. And um, it took me it took me a while to learn that. Uh, I didn't learn that on television, but I learned it afterwards. <laughs>
2: do,
1: do you know what? I guess that's the hardest thing as well. Like, I I can really re- re- relate to you with that because i've been in a place where i'm just like i'm so mad at this i'm so angry at this i'm gonna fight it with this i'm gonna get them and um i guess the hardest thing for you was you know being under the spotlight and everyone is seeing you and seeing you know you create doing something where you can get learning experience and that must have been really difficult
0: yeah it's very tricky to um For me, the way that I had been doing things up until that point got results, so that's what I believed in, that's what I stood by. Uh, and then it didn't get the same results that it usually got, so I had to recalibrate things. Um, but I think for better or for worse, you know, you could be a bull in a china shop and it'll still, it may not be the prettiest exit but people will know that a bull was there (laughs) or bear or whatever other beast i've been called recently (laughs) fair Fair enough fair enough
2: well i think we are ready for our next question okay (laughs) sorry i'm really dramatic with the way i say things
1: i don't know why i'm like this (laughs) and that's what just putting that together you know um you know you yourself being like a fierce um, drag queen, um, representation of a person of color. What are the challenges that come with being a um, a, a drag queen um, person of color, especially, you know, in America or just in general?
0: What are the challenges that you face? Uh, I think because, you know, drag is a visual art most often. Um, so what happens is, as a black queen, when you get dressed, you mm-hmm. are... Um, Kind of uh, choosing to be a second-class citizen, and then like as a like a cis like as a cis male performer to choose to present as feminine is like almost like taking myself down a notch on the totem pole because I feel like in America black women are the least respected, protected, uh, and the most exploited of mm. culture. And so, to choose to be a part of that uh, rank is a political act in itself, but not enough. Um, so I try to take up space in a way that celebrates and honors the women that I'm inspired by. You know, um, I was raised; my grandmother had eight siblings, so I have plenty of aunts. I was always under my grandmother's skirt or with my mom, like ingrown folks business, and like just soaking up what it means to me to be a strong black woman and that's the women who raised me
2: Mm. Uh,
0: and so when it came time to like pick my drag persona of course it mirrored those women um, that I looked up to and now my show kind of celebrates them.
2: Wow it sounds like you had um, quite a lot of positive role models um, around you growing up and and that sometimes is not um, something that's prevalent in a lot of gay people's lives unfortunately but it sounds like you you had you know um at least your home life was quite positive is that right
0: yes yeah i had um really great uh family support system uh, between my mom and my grandmother they uh were just masters at making a way out of no way and um uh real workhorses like my mom always you know, she might work 40 hours a week, 45 hours a week, but she had a vacation plan just around the corner and something to look forward to and, like, really taught me that, like, work ethic pays off and that you should always um remember to take time for yourself uh, and have a goal. And, like, you know, don't just work to pay your bills, you know, like, you should have things in life that you're looking after and so... It was very inspiring to know that, like, yes, you can work hard, but make sure that you're rewarding yourself for the work as well.
2: Great, great. That sounds that sounds really really nice. You've got uh, you've you've got some positive role models around you. That's you know, I wish I had that growing up. Otherwise, I wouldn't have turned out like this. But hey ho, <laughs> here <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> we make
0: do. We make do. <laughs> Absolutely, I have Absolutely. to make do. Beautiful boys. Oh, oh, thank you.
2: Right. So, um, I thought we'd, um, yeah. So, this is what I do. I just do silly things sometimes. So, I thought we'd have some rapid-fire questions on British trivia because I'm not quite sure if 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 it's obvious, Vixen, um, but we are British. So, um, we thought we'd, uh, you know, just spread our Britishness everywhere. This so, is, this is just. Oh. So, I thought I'd ask you a couple of questions okay. on British trivia are you ready yes okay question number one where does the queen live in buckingham palace oh ding 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 that was an easy one okay please put your phone away because i feel like (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) um okay question number two how old is the queen oh a lady never tells no. <laughs> but fortunately Wikipedia does. Yeah. <laughs> she is 93 years old.
0: Yikes. Wow. <laughs>
2: Her mom died at the age of 102. So the queen mother died at the age of 102. That's crazy.
0: Ah, they get that inbreeding just right, don't they? <laughs> 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 yeah they've got it down to perfection right now
2: so yeah it's, it's working for them and you know that's um, yeah. actually yeah and they have good health care my next question is um what does the nhs stand for
0: oh my mm. national health services yeah, yeah. and you know what that is um no because i live in america <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh the shade the shade of it all yeah no. it's our it's our free health care which we
0: love so much oh, so grateful for i'm so sorry what a way to gloat how about that <laughs> yeah, hey guys too soon import taste <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i just have a lot of health problems i'm just really grateful for it right now <laughs> um okay moving on um, <laughs> Um what are um British French fries called? Um, chips. Chips, yes. yeah. In America do you call chips fries. Fries. And
0: then crisps you call chips, right? <laughs> Ice um, puffs. Yep. Are crisps thinly sliced potatoes? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah like Cheetos.
0: Chips. Oh, yeah. No, Cheetos are puffs, but like chips would be like a like a sliced potato would be a chip.
2: Oh, oh, this is getting
0: really technical We We for call, me. like, the puffs?
1: What? Yeah. We, we call them all crisps, don't we? Like,
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Have you ever had fish and chips? Oh, yeah. yes. I've had it in London at, um, well, I couldn't say which restaurant, but I can say um, that I've had it for sure. In London, I was there to see or to perform G.A.Y.,
2: Mm.
0: Heaven in UK? Yes. Yeah. I, I made a point to go out and get some fish and chips.
2: Oh, how nice! Well, they fish and ch- fish and chips are amazing. They don't compare to the fish and chips in the north. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. You must come to the north of England and have a good fish and chippy,
0: a chip what? butty, as we call oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Love
2: yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Uh, last definite. time I was there, I didn't I didn't know anyone to hang out with. But now that I have new friends, yes, yes,
2: of course, of course. Oh, give us a holler. Do you know what? <laughs> right. Okay. I've just realized that this rapid fire round is really <laughs> yeah. not rapid at all. <laughs> We've just made a new friend and had a dinner date, but <laughs> yeah. the questions are still there. Okay. Thank so um, uh, my next question is, what does sloshed mean? Oh, drunk. Yes. yes. Oh my god. You're really good. We did we did similar questions with Aja and they did not um perform as well. <laughs> I'm sure they won't mind me saying that. Um name a famous Scottish monster.
0: Oh, the Loch Ness monster.
2: Yes! The Loch Ness Monster. Yeah.
0: Do you believe the Loch Ness monster? Do you think it's real or fake? Uh yes, I believe anyone who can be elusive and timeless uh is not only real but powerful. Yes! oh i'm giving sound yeah, wow. now. <laughs> I mean, i'm so here for
1: this i'm having yeah This leads you're doing a better job than i would do yeah
2: literally <laughs> okay we're gonna avoid this political question okay yeah. fashion i i i love your um um drag brisk looks fix and so in terms of your not well not inspirations been in uh, you know in, in, in ranking order who um Uh, are your uh, favorites out of these three so uh, ranking order of preference Vivian Westwood Burberry or Stella McCarthy Cartney Stella McCartney fuck I can't even say the name properly okay let's do that again Vivian Westwood Burberry or Stella McCartney I think
0: I would have to go in the direction of Vivian Westwood Stella McCartney and then Burberry oh and and the reason why uh, well, I will always remember the Vivian Westwood bridal gown from the Sex and the City movies. Oh, yes. Oh. Very much up my alley, down to the bird in the hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that really sticks out for me. Uh, Stella McCartney, also just iconic and super beautiful and edgy. And Burberry, I. Ah, see, it's tough for me because when I think about Burberry in the early 2000s and like you think about like the boy bands like B2K and they really had me wearing like Burberry everything. I even have a Burberry trench coat right now that is um, it's a dangerous piece to wear because it's snakeskin. And so it gets touched everywhere I go and I don't like to be touched. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I think it's, it's a tough call, but that's the order I'm sticking to.
2: Oh no, that's 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 good. That's fair, yeah. I think we're in agreement, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Not that you
0: you need our validation, but
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, my next question is um, actually, I think we can end on this
0: question. Go on. Favorite Drag Race UK girl. Ooh, see, this is tricky. Mm. So I went in. Um... Knowing and following some of the girls before they were announced, uh, and not, I don't—I try not to keep my ear to the ground too much gossip, so I knew nothing of what to expect of the season. Uh, but I was very excited to see Gothi Kendall.
2: Oh yes, yeah.
0: And I'm still—I uh, still am in awe of the looks that they create, and I think that they're very beautiful, and I love what they do.
2: Oh wow, I love Gothi Kendall. We saw her in Leeds many years ago and we were just in awe of of the look that that she was wearing and then we Wasn't just it was last year yeah was it last yeah. year five, yeah. five years yeah. ago and and yeah we we absolutely loved her what do you think of the top three the vivian
0: um, bag of chips and ddc yeah well first of all the vivian i'm already like plotting how to get a joint photo shoot together Badger Chips is also just very hilarious, and then help me—I just lost the last name in my head. Um, Divina de Campo. Divina de Campo. From what I gather, that's uh, that's the she's fan favorite to win, right?
1: Yeah, she is. She's like the the,
0: the legend because she was already a legend here. Oh, nice. Um, so kind of a Bianca Del Rio kind of situation then.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's going to be
2: really close because they've all won a lot. They're all phenomenal. hmm
0: And I, with Race, you never know how a finale can go. It'll, it can, yeah. Or a reunion for that matter. You know, things can... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you brought that up. We did it.
0: <laughs> but, you know, you know, things can always take a turn at the last minute, especially at finales. So um, yeah, it's anyone's game, anyone's game.
2: Yeah, but do you know, do you know what, Vixen? it was uh, you know it's an uh, it's a reality tv show it's entertainment and boy was it entertaining like it was <laughs> just so great to watch so yeah it still i would still say thank you you know it was it was just it was brilliant that's one thing people forget it is a reality tv show yeah yeah for sure that oh. was it was iconic though it was iconic <laughs> i rewatch that episode every now and then i'm like yeah this is sickening <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah you, you did give <laughs> You, you really fed the gays
0: iconic yeah, you lines
1: did. You did that moments is. that we still use every day. <laughs> yeah,
0: that I'm I'm still debating. Uh, uh, we have a Black Friday sales for Thanksgiving in Chicago, and I'm thinking of doing a um a go have your cigarette bitch T-shirt just for fun. Oh my god, <laughs>
1: do because I love using that line. Yeah.
2: You know something, Vixen. <laughs> He's actually used that line on somebody in real life at one point (laughs) he had an argument with someone and they was just sat outside and i think they were smoking and and i think they were at a house party and we just didn't get along and he literally clapped in their face and said go Go smoke go have your cigarette bitch
0: and i was like oh my god how crazy so yeah this is the circle of life I love that. Yeah, okay. He's a nice person, though. Well, yeah, I mean, they always have it coming, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, they do. It's
1: true.
2: (laughs) For sure. I've learned and grown from that. Right. Okay. (laughs) So, steering away from any more political or (laughs) controversial things, um, I think we're um, ready to begin wrapping this up, Amir, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah. A few more questions, though.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I just want to know, like, what the future holds for the Vixen. What are your plans next?
0: next year uh, well next in general I'm yeah. I've, I've been not so secretly working on an album uh, for the past year Ooh. Uh, I've been I've been writing music ever since I was little so a lot of the songs are sometimes seven years old eight years old 20 years old uh, so just getting out this music this music that I've uh, been envisioning for years and um, really trying to like, fulfill like, the promise that I made to myself in high school that, yeah, one day this song's going to be a hit. This song's going to be a hit. And so um, I've just been taking time and like, refurbishing some of my old songs and bringing them up to date and uh, making some new ones that uh, really talk about where I am now as an artist and as a single Black queer entity. <laughs> uh, and so um i'm very excited to be able to give that to the world and to my fans and to give them something to think about but something to relax to as well i like that on the more like drag side uh black girl magic has started to tour the country or to the states i should say and now um i'm looking into every possible way to get black girl magic in every corner of the world and uh so i'm gonna be touring with that soon uh, dates soon to follow <laughs> yeah please bring it to the UK yeah it's I feel bad every time I post a poster there's someone in the UK saying like when will it be here and I'm like one day and I can't wait to I <laughs> love I love to post things without notice so I can't wait till I'm just like, throwing up dates in the uk without warning and just shocking everyone (laughs) oh my god and we'll
1: take you for a fish and chips in the north yeah Uh, absolutely
0: (laughs) listen eyebrows and accents are my type so you guys are winning
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh you stop it now okay i think the the last question is um our podcast, our, our main demographic is queer people of colour and they often, um, our, our listeners are often from places where their identity is oppressed um, due to the laws of their country or, or family situations. What would be your message to LGBTQ plus people of colour who are living in, in such conditions? Uh,
0: you know... There's been so many times in my life where I had to, you know, hold on to some very cliche "it gets better" types of ideals just to get through the day, uh, and then I'll find myself on a rooftop with friends, or you know, speaking in front of the Obamas or anything like that, mm. and I have to remind myself it did, in fact, get better. Um, so I think it's important for kids to know no matter how bleak things seem in the moment, no matter what your situation is, you can, in that very moment, decide to go in another direction. You can always, it's never too late to say, I want more for myself. It's never a wrong time to say, I want more for myself. And anybody who doesn't try to better themselves with you, can, you gotta let them go. And they'll be wishing that they showed you love when they had the chance. I think, I think poor people have a magical gene in um, being able to, you know, just pull ourselves out of our circumstances and, you know, fake it till we make it. Um, and I think that is the that's the, the, gay gene working its magic. Um, and so I think you should always look to see how you're helping other people in your community. My whole life's motto which i got from my grandmother is if i help somebody then my life is not in vain so um when you're looking to pull yourself out of these situations uh think about how you can pull others up with you and you'll find that that'll be your salvation is like not just looking out for yourself but building community
2: wow sorry that got
0: me emotional (laughs) (laughs) yeah it got me emotional that the whole like
1: you know queer people have that power because I, I agree with you you know to pull yourself up and pull yourself out that, yeah that got me
2: wow that's oh, beautiful what's... thank you um so much um vixen this was really really great this was I... really really fun and i hope you had you had a great time
0: i did i did thank you all so much for having me i don't know thank you for g- coming on that yeah
2: I can't, I can't wait till the next time mm-hmm. yes? On that note, thank you. uh, As I say, thank you very, very much. Cannot wait to hang out. We're best friends now. So wait for our fish and chip date. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see you perform
0: at at some point, hopefully in the UK. Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, I hope I see you soon. Take care.
2: Bye. Bye. Babe, aren't you proud of me? Why? Because I didn't ask any of those cliche questions like what's rupaul like do you smoke cigarettes are you here to fight me um do you know
1: what i fucking love the vixen more so after that yeah i
2: have like a newfound respect for her me
1: too i like the fact she was like you know i went on the show and this is how it was and this is my evolution and what she's doing as well with black girl magic is
2: incredible i need to see it please take me yeah, of course. Uh, well, if they ever bring Black Girl Magic to the UK or if they take it on tour, um for sure I'd love to absolutely 100% I'd love to see it. And I think I saw a flyer of that recently and, and Tyra Sanchez is part of the um uh, part of the lineup now, isn't she?
1: I love Tyra Sanchez. Tyra, if you are ever listening to us, please come on and record with us. We fucking love you. No, she's like amazing. you are. Oh my god, she's just everything. <laughs> the OG. She's the OG, but my god, that bitch is talented. Yeah.
2: Like and you
1: know what? Like very smart. All that shit that happened. Let's not even talk about that shit. You know what? We can talk about that shit when she comes on the podcast. Yeah. Tyra, if you're listening, holler at us.
2: Yeah, Tyra, Tyra Tyra, if you're listening, we love you. Please come on the podcast. NBM, Mom.
1: And if you want to follow The Vixen, you can follow her, you know, on The Vixen's World. She calls her social media. Mm. I love her Instagram bio. Militant Black Queen. <laughs> Season 10 RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like, yes, it's Chicago Queens hashtag. Hashtag Black Girl Magic. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Kinda Grinder.
2: Oh, that's Ooh. quite nice. I feel like it's very Vixen to have a handle such as Militant Black
1: Queen. That's not a
2: handle. That's, oh, uh, that's in a bio. The oh. Vixen's
1: World. Oh. So you Welcome to the world. It's beautiful, gorgeous pictures. Important messages. What an important um, queen for the community as well.
2: And I'm really glad that we um, touched upon her drag aesthetic as well because I think that's so underrated. Definitely. I love the, her outfits. Um, the creativity behind it. The construction of the looks. It's so impressive. So much, so much talent in Chicago, right?
1: The the political stance behind what she wears at her art on her... Her mm. art form is a political stance. Mm. And I think she uses her platform, and that's what I love. I could talk about this all day long, forever. Well, we've got time. Absolutely love the Vixen.
2: Yeah, 100%. So,
1: holler for some fish and chips, Vixen.
2: Yeah, I know. Now that we're best friends, we're going to hang out when she comes over and so, the We're best
1: friends, and you want her to adopt us?
2: Yeah, I want anyone. <laughs> I <laughs> just Everyone some, and anyone. Listen, in, in the age of abandonment, which is what I am in, I need people to take care of me.
1: So thank you very much, The Vixen, for that. Mm -hmm. And who knows? We might have you on again in the future, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully.
2: I certainly look forward to further recordings with The Vixen. But we do have something exciting to talk about, don't we?
1: Uh... Do you want to announce it? No. Okay. I'm going to let you. So... February the 1st. Keep your night clear because we're coming to London to do a live podcast show. Yeah. In um, works with Club Carly in London. The upstairs fucking room we've got and it's gonna be sickening. I cannot
2: believe it's happening. Yeah guys on February the 1st Saturday February the 1st Saturday February the 1st in partnership with Club Carly we are going to be recording a live episode of the You Don't Love Me podcast in the upstairs section and there will be games there will be giveaways There will be a little bit of dancing, there will be a little bit of lip syncing and there will be a lot of interviewing and plus lots, lots more. So we're really looking forward to this. Please get a ticket once they release and come and dance some boogie and have a great time with us
1: and message us let us know what you, what you what let us know what you want to see Ooh, keep question. an eye on our socials because we're going to be posting about it a lot talking about it a lot and we need communication from you guys we need to know what you want to see when you come and see us and that does not include nudity well we'll see
2: a little bit of nudity
1: anywho you can follow us on Instagram at you don't love me underscore podcast that is you don't love me underscore podcast And you can follow us on Twitter at YDLM underscore podcast. That is YDLM underscore podcast. Hashtag YDLM podcast. Send us emails. Send us DMs. Give us reviews. Comment. Commit to Club Cali. Let us know what you think of the Vixen episode. And let us know what you'd like to see from us next year topics, guests, hook us up bitches, hook us up with Tam France, thank you very much,
2: yes come on hook us up,
1: that was my microphone drop
2: <laughs> love you guys lots, bye, bye. please be my mom.